I'm uh, changing it up a little bit this morning. Uh, those of you that, that know me pretty well, you know I kind of like uh, to change things up every once in a while, to throw, as you might say, the enemy a curveball, uh, catch him off guard, throw something at him he's not expecting. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks or so ago that uh, we were going to once again, God has led this church over the past years <clears throat> at the beginning of the year to fast. And uh, once again, I feel his spirit leading us and we're going to begin on <clears throat> New Year's Eve at midnight, uh, which will run from January 1st through January 21st. We're going to do a 21-day fast. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to replant uh, this word, uh, this lesson into your life. Uh, a lot of times we fast and don't really understand uh, what we're doing, but last year God led me uh, in this word to uh, bring uh, a message that would allow us to better understand uh, fasting and uh, to take it more serious and to be able to get the fullness of uh, biblical fasting out of our lives and, and for God's church. And I, uh, So you might uh, look at this since the way I'm doing it and uh, uh, as just a Sunday school lesson this morning. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a lesson and then we're going to go into praise and worship and uh, uh, we'll be just chasing God until God sees fit to just dismiss us from that. But I'm so glad that you're here today. And I, I believe, as I have uh, been led by the Spirit, uh, that we are in chase mode, that God is just doing something unique, something dynamic, something uh, real, tangible in this place and in our lives. And uh, He's been telling us, the Spirit is just, keep saying, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Uh, the Bible instructs us to seek, and we'll find, to knock, and it'll be open, to ask, it'll be given. Uh, and I believe that biblical fasting uh, is, is, a, is a wonderful, wonderful tool, uh, a great key uh, that God has given to his church, given to his children, uh, to just really unlock some things. So I think it really goes in hand with the season that God has us in. Uh, and not only for the church, but in our personal lives, with our personal families, uh, we, we have a power in fasting that really, 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 absolutely does dynamic things in our lives. If you have your Bibles, I want to just begin this morning by reading a portion of Scripture found in Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. Uh, If you have pen and paper and you want to take notes, I encourage you to do so. Uh, If you want to just maybe note these Scriptures and search them out and just get into the Word. Uh, Most of the... um, meat of uh, this lesson and most of the word uh, I'm going to be using this morning, the material, is a a lot of Jensen Franklin's. I don't think I mentioned that last year, but uh, 
He is really, really powerful when it comes to teaching and speaking uh, about fasting. Uh, his life is, uh, and ministry has just been dynamically taken to a, a fresh and a high level through the power of fasting. His church, or churches, shall I say, uh, is uh, active. Uh, in fasting, and uh, so if you want to go to his website or look for him in the uh, Bible, uh, Bible bookstores, uh, a book that I used last year for my life, he has a 21-day journal out there. It has scripture. It has most of the material that I'm using. I think it's about $10, uh, but it helps you journal through your fast and really keep up with things. Uh, just a powerful tool that you can use to uh, help make it uh better for you and uh, to take notes that you can go back to, to look over and to study. Uh, but if you do get that book, you're going to find that a lot of the stuff that I'm using this morning is in there, in that. Uh, you can find this uh, on his website. Uh, but uh, I, 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 I have always found, I, I can never remember a time that I fasted, even if it was just a meal that I did not see God move in a real and in a genuine way in my life. Uh, fasting works. This is not something that I'm teaching you about uh, that I have not experienced. This is not something I've only read about. This is something that I have personally experienced in my life, and I've seen great results in my life, uh, in, in the physical side and in the spiritual side. Uh, I've also seen it in my family. And for years now, God has really uh, led this church. And, and, and I have seen God in wonderful, mighty ways. And I think last year, uh, with, with God bringing more clarity about fasting and us being able to unify ourselves as a body last year uh, and, and taking it more seriously, it, it, this has just been a dynamic year. I know that we have had struggles, and uh, I know that we have had challenges, and we've had valleys to walk through, and we've had mountains to climb. Uh, but this has just been a wonderful and a phenomenal year. And uh, God in this year is really setting us up for something next year. And uh, that has been his word, and that's been what he's been speaking. Uh, so I believe as we add fasting uh, this year once again, uh, that it's going to help us get to where God is wanting to take us. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 6, 16, 17, and 18. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. They have their reward in full. Verse 17, But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Look at your neighbor and say, will reward you. Amen. And, and, and I want to just, as we go through this, I want us to just notice and reflect upon the rewards of fasting. <clears throat> this private, spiritual uh, discipline of fasting 
absolutely delivers public rewards. Uh, when we feel ourselves growing spiritually dry, when we don't fence that cutting edge of anointing in our lives, or, or we need a fresh encounter with God, fasting is the secret key that unlocks the doors of heaven and it absolutely slams shut the gates of hell. Uh, the discipline of fasting releases the anointing. It releases the favor. It releases the blessing of God upon the life of a Christian. And our prayers will take on a more powerful edge in our times of fasting. When we take the steps, and, and man, God has just been speaking volumes of, uh, to us about breaking out of ordinary worship and giving Him what He absolutely deserves, what He's worthy of. And I know in these humanly bodies that that is a place that we think we can never reach. But through the power of God's Holy Spirit in our lives, we can absolutely worship God like He desires us to worship Him. The Spirit enables us, empowers us to be able to do that. <clears throat> and when that happens in fasting, we begin to see faucets just open up and we begin to see God and we begin to see things about His being, His character, and His deity that we never knew existed. I mean, great revelation begins to open up. God will absolutely begin to share secrets about Himself and about His plans and His desires for us. We will absolutely be amazed at the things that God will show us as we press in upon Him. And... I understand, and we're going to be bringing in about the Word and, and about prayer and, and also with the fasting here. <coughs> but it, I remember preaching a message one time, and that statement about pressing in. The more we press into God, the greater amount of truth that is revealed to us. When Jesus was at the well, at Jacob's well, and he met that Samaritan woman, she began to press in upon the Lord, upon Jesus. And he said, go get your husband and bring him. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he said, well, you're right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. He began to take her to a deeper truth. When the woman that was called in the act of adultery <coughs> came and she was called and, and these Pharisees and Sadducees and these teachers of the law had captured her and brought her and threw her before Jesus. And de Jesus was happening to be teaching to a multitude of people. <coughs> and they throw her down and they say, this woman is caught in the act of adultery. Moses says that you are to stone her. That's what the law says. We're the, you're to stone her. That was true. That, that was a true law. But Jesus, by them pressing, he tried to ignore them. And he just was right on the ground. But they continued to press in on him. And so he took them to a deeper truth. He said, who's ever without sin, let him cast the first stone. Wow. 
So as we begin to press in upon the Lord and press in upon Him in the form of fasting, we're going to absolutely begin to see things and He's going to show us things about Himself that we never knew exist. We're going to go to a deeper place in God. <coughs> and I want to show you something that uh, I believe that God showed me. Uh, just a great revelation here in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 through 15. Some of you that are running a little late this morning because of the weather, uh, I'm uh, taking a lesson concerning fasting, uh, breaking down some scriptures and uh, just teaching you concerning this biblical power uh, that we can apply to our lives. Uh, God is leading us at the beginning of this year from January the 1st through January the 21st to go on a 21-day fast. And uh, so you be seeking God as to what He would have you to fast, how He would have you to fast. And, and maybe this lesson, this word this morning will kind of help you understand uh, fasting a little better so that you can apply it to your life in a way that you can get the most out of it. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15, Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, then they will fast. The thing that I noticed here, and I believe that this is just a prophetic, a rhema word. And, I, and I've talked about getting underneath the surface of the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to show you things. <clears throat> but the thing that I see here is that when God is truly at the highest point manifested in your life, there's clarity there. But when he's taken away, when he becomes dim, when, when things become foggy, when things become cloudy, there is a need to fast to bring the clarity of God in your life, in your ministry, in your home, in your being. Amen. Praise God. Okay, why do we fast? There are different kinds of fasts. There is uh, private fasts uh, that we do privately, and then the Bible also describes called fast. Uh, when unusual times, unusual situation. Uh, call for unusual measurements and supernatural responses from God, then those are the times that we need called fast. And I believe that we are living in those kind of days. I, I believe that we are living in that season, in that time. We need an unusual move of God in this day and in this time. We need God to supernaturally just show up and explode in our lives and in His church in a real, genuine, glorious, wonderful way. And I believe that the greatest time, as I've already expressed, to begin a fast or to do a fasting is at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, when we bring our tithe, we bring the first fruit of, the, uh, of what we earn, of what we make. Or that's the biblical way that we should do it. And, and I believe I have experienced times where I have gotten up in the morning and I've given the first part of my day uh, to Him in prayer. And then there's been those times where maybe I wasn't able to for some reason and it was later on in the day. I have found that when I give God the best of my day, the first 
of my day. That it seems like things just go more smoothly. It seems like uh, I, I'm more aware of His presence. And, and things are just much more clear. So I believe that when we give God the first part of the year, the better part of the year, that He will absolutely do amazing things in our lives. And, and then we begin to get instruction. And we're going to get into that in, in just a little bit. But there are three things. I want to to bring, first of all, three things to you. Questions, it might be. uh, But we need to ask ourselves three things. The first thing is, what are the motives behind the fast? What, What are the motives behind the fast? You know, will it be, I'll lose weight. I'll detoxify my body. I'll cleanse myself. Uh, I'll have a healthier digestive tract. Or because the pastor suggested it. Uh, what is my motive? What is your motive behind this fast? Am I doing it so I can fit back into my clothes after the holidays? You see, all of these things will be great physical benefits. That, but they will be side benefits, but they shouldn't be the main reason that we fast. Our motives should be God-led, biblical, and to seek His face and to know Him in a better and a greater way. The second thing that we need to ask ourselves are what, what are the specific needs I am fasting for. What are the specific needs I am fasting for? And during this 21-day fast, we're going to be exposing some things that, that, that we need to see here, that we feel that, that God is having us to fast concerning the church. But also, you need to add some personal things with that. Uh, don't just let it be something, you know, that is just uh, for the corporate body is a church, but let it be on a personal level for yourself also. Let it be manifold. Uh, when people fasted in the Bible, they fasted for a specific need. Uh, sometimes they were in trouble. Sometimes it was for finances. Uh, at other times they were fasting for their children or, or for help or for direction. But there was a specific need there. And <clears throat> I want us to get into our minds the specific reasons we are fasting. If God was to come down and, and ask you to list the three top things you want Him to do, in your life and in your family, we should be able to tell God what that is. We should be keeping them before us during this time of fasting. Uh, so be sensitive uh, to to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit as, as God speaks to you. And, and, and seek God uh, for what He would have uh, and what you examine. Do an evaluation of your life. Do an evaluation of your family. Do an evaluation of your health, of your finances, uh, of your emotions, of your intellect. uh, And see what God shows you. And and make those specific needs in your life. And uh, as I said, we'll be exposing things on a corporate church level. The the third thing we need to ask, am I determined... To minister to the Lord during my fast. Am I determined to minister to the Lord during my fast? In Acts 13 and 2, in Acts 13 and 2, it tells us that the prophets and teachers at the church of Anatoch 
ministered to the Lord and fasted. Acts 13 and 2. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. Fasting is a time we set aside for ministering to the Lord. You see, it's not about us getting everything that we can get from God all the time. God will move when we fast. He absolutely will move. But it should be a time that our hearts are crying out, I want to minister to you. I I want to love you. I want to know you. I want to draw closer to you. My heart cries out for more of you. And that should be something that we determine, something that we purpose in our heart, that during this time of fasting, we're going to minister to the Lord. The next thing that we need to look at is the way we approach our fast. The way we approach it, because it's extremely important. You see, if you're not serious about it, you're not going to get serious results. If you're letting the words that God is speaking into your heart and into your life this morning just go in one ear and out the other, you know, and you're not taking this word that God is speaking into your life today serious, and you just kind of half-heartedly go into this fast, you're, you're not being serious about it. So I would say to you, if, if that's where you're at this morning, pray to God to change your heart. Pray to God to change your heart. Because the more serious you are about the fast, the more serious God will respond. See, I can't look at your heart this morning and judge your heart, but God sees your heart. And when you approach this fast in a serious way, God is going to respond in a serious way. Your heart, your heart, your heart has to be in the fast. And when your heart is in it, there will come a fellowship with God like you have absolutely never known before. Give God praise in this house. I'm going to show you something in Zechariah chapter 7. Zechariah chapter 7 verse 5. Zechariah chapter 7 and verse 5. There's some things that some of you have been wanting God to to do in your life. There's some things that, that you've been praying about maybe for years. There's some things that you're wanting to see take place in this church. Some of you have some loved ones spread out across this community, across this state, across this nation. Some of you are struggling financially. Some of you are looking at this next year knowing it's going to be an election year. You're wondering what that holds for us as a nation. What does that hold for us politically? And, And there's a lot of uncertainty in this thing. And some of you have been struggling with anxiety and worry and depression. I want to tell you something. God is giving us a word this morning that if we'll take hold of, it will absolutely transform our relationship between Him and us. It will absolutely transform this church as we know it. Fasting is a dynamic tool of power that God has given to His church. 
in Zechariah 7 and 5. Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months, in the fifth and the seventh months, during those 70 years, did you really fast for me? For me. Now, some of us have been on fast before. Maybe it was a meal. Maybe it was a day. Maybe it was a partial fast. Maybe it was a full fast. And we, we saw no results. But were we fasting in ignorance? Maybe, I'm not, I'm not saying stupidity, I'm saying ignorance. There's a difference. That we weren't aware, that we hadn't been taught about fasting. We didn't really understand it. So we couldn't go in it in the fullness that it was meant to be gone in. Or maybe we didn't take it serious. For 70 years, the people had declared a certain time of every year when they would fast to God. For 70 years. And after fasting this way in seven, for 70 years, after fasting this way, think about that. 70 years. That's longer than I've been alive. Seventy years. Think about that. God asked the question, are you fasting for me? Wow. Wow. I remember last year reading that for the first time. It, it, it just absolutely penetrated every fiber of my being. Because I felt the convicting power of the Spirit and I knew that I had been on fast. That was for me and not for God. See, it's possible to go on a fast and have so many personal motives and agendas that we're not even fasting unto God. But fasting for our own wants and desires. And after the people in Zechariah's day had fasted the same time every year for 70 years, God wants to know, is anybody hungry for me? Is anybody hungry for my kingdom? Is anybody hungry for my agenda? Is anybody hungry for my purposes? Is anybody hungry for my plan upon this earth? After 70 years of fast, God wants to know, was it for me? Was it for my plans? Was it for my desire? Was it for my agenda? Was it for me? You see, fasting will absolutely bring the flesh off the throne. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. <clears throat> I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. When we fast, we submit our bodies to God and say, cleanse this body. Deal with the habits and the other things that are earthly. I'm presenting this flesh to you. I know the flesh will always be there. But I'm letting you know, I'm letting you know, Jesus, that I understand it's a temple that you dwell and your spirit dwells. And I want to be close to you. And I want to have absolutely these things weeded out of my life, and I want to submit 
to you. Every time, as I said earlier, every time I've ever fasted, I feel the closeness of God upon my life. And even in those times where I was ignorant and didn't understand everything about it, the mercy and the grace and the love of God was still faithful in my times of ignorance. And I felt the closeness of God and I began to hear His verse clear. I want to tell you what. There is no greater reward when you're fasting than Him. God can put a million dollars in your bank account. He can put a brand new Mercedes in your driveway. He can give you a mansion on a hilltop. He can give you your own business. But the greatest reward that fasting will bring to your life is Him. He is the greatest reward of fasting. Somebody praise Him. I want to real quickly point out seven biblical fasts. And and I know that it's beginning to... uh, To move forward in time, I was doing some Bible study this past week in 2 Kings, and uh, Hezekiah asked for the sundial to move backwards. Amen. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I just wish God would just take time and move it backwards. See, that's another reason we need to fast, to crucify this flesh. This, this flesh starts getting hungry and starts getting closer to 12. And we wonder, oh, man, how much longer is this dude going to preach? Does this praise team know when to stop? Praise the Lord. Number one, the Esther fast. That is a three-day fast. The Esther fast is a three-day fast. In Esther chapter 4 and verse 16, Esther chapter 4 and verse 16, Fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maidens also will fast in the same way. She needed favor from the king. That's why Esther was fasting. She needed favor from the king when she stood before him. So the purpose of a three-day fast, I see you grinning over there. My family just absolutely catches everything. If I mumble, stumble, or mispronounce something, they are going to get grins from ear to ear. And then they like to just sit around the living room at home, recline back in the recliners with me in the room and, 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 and talk about it. Hey, hey, I, I'm here. So the purpose of a three-day fast is to seek God's favor in a time of crisis. Uh, the Daniel fast was a 21-day fast. Let me read some scriptures to you found in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. 10 and 11 and 14. Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 and 3, 10 and 11 and 14. Uh, this is concerning the 21-day fast. In those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. I did not eat and taste any food, or I did not eat any tasty food. I'm sorry. I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth. Nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. Verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. 
And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. Verse 14. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days for the vision. Refers to many days yet to come. So through a 21-day fast, God will give you understanding of the vision that he has given to you. Maybe for your particular ministry, uh, for the lead pastor, for his church, uh, also uh, for your families. Uh, you know, I, I believe that families should have a vision of what they want. And I believe God gives those visions to the head of the household. Uh, I know sometimes that may be a single mom, uh, but uh, a lot of times it, it's the husband. And, 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 and that's the way that God intended it for it to be, and he set it up. Uh, and, and have a vision, a God-given vision for your family, uh, for, for, for everything that your family is about, for what it consists of. And uh, so God does that. In a 21-day fast, he will give you understanding of the vision uh, he has given you. And it brings about, and and this is very important, it brings about a know-how to make the vision happen. See, we can have a vision, but if we don't have a know-how of how to make it happen, what good is it? So during those times, God not only makes clear the vision that he has for us, but he also gives us the know-how of how to complete and how to bring that vision and make it happen. Uh, the third fast, we find, is a self-examination fast, a, a self-examination fast. And that's a one-day fast. <clears throat> and it is found in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 27. Uh, this is where we read about the one-day fast. Also the tenth day of the seventh month shall be... The day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And then there is a confirming scripture uh, to this in Jeremiah 36 and 3. Jeremiah 36 and 3. A, a, a confirming scripture. Therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. You see, what God is saying here is that I want you to set aside a certain time that you fast and seek me. The purpose for it is self-examination and consecration. Self-examination and consecration. And God has just exploded in this area in my life uh, this year. And, and, and I believe it was because of the seriousness that we went in. But I, I know, and, I, and I'm seeing it more in the body. Uh, I, I know that Stephen Paul, God is just, uh, this kid is just a fasting machine. <clears throat> but I, I have seen God's spirit move upon me. And, and, and I have been more active, uh, not only in the beginning uh, 21-day fast that God took our church on last year. But I have been doing some three-day fast and, and, and some one-day fast. And, and I have just, in those one-day fast, been just examining myself and doing a self-evaluation and uh, just consecrating myself to God. And, 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 I, and I'm seeing others. It's becoming more widespread. And I think that we're, re- we're already seeing the results and the move of God that is taking place here at New Life Worship Center. Absolutely phenomenal. Can we just give God praise for that this morning? Glory to God. Lord, we thank you for your power, for your presence, for your move. 
The fourth is a fast before a battle. A fast before a battle. Uh, there is a, and this is found in Judges chapter 20. Judges chapter 20. God has told the children of Israel to fight the tribe of Benjamin. Now understand, God has told His children, Israel, His chosen people, to fight the tribe of Benjamin. Now He's told them this. They pray, and God says, go. And the first day, they lose 23,000 soldiers. Okay. They pray again, and God says, go. And the second time they go, with God telling them, they lose 18,000. I mean, they absolutely got whipped. Got whipped. Now watch the third time in verse 26. Judges 10. Or Judges 20, Judges 20 and 26, which says this. Then all the children of Israel, that is the people, went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. If you read the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, you find that this time they go out and completely killed off the enemy. We should never go into a major battle without fasting first. Something happens. Something happens. Something happens when we fast and pray that will not happen when we don't fast, even if God tells us to do it. First, you need to attach fasting to it. It will bring the victory every time. Now, on this next one, I'm kind of reading between the lines a little bit, but this is something that I have experienced. Uh, So uh, if you don't agree with me, that's quite all right. But in 1 Kings chapter 21, 1 Kings chapter 21, verses 27, 28, and 29. 1 Kings 21, chapter 27, 28, and 29. Uh, The fifth fast that I want to talk to you about is fasting to to lift God's judgment from another's life. Fasting to lift God's judgment from another's life. 1 Kings chapter 21 Verses 27 through 29. So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted and laid in sackcloth and went about mourning. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbeite, saying, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. God said that because that wicked man, because that wicked man, those of you that have studied the life of Ahab who had married Jezebel, it, 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 mm. but he humbled himself before the Lord with fasting. And God said, I'll lift the judgment. I believe that there is a supernatural power in fasting and in prayer that is not just confined to my life. If I remember correctly, I... I, I remember hearing about my mom fasting one time for one of her brothers. And I believe it was a seven-day fast. I believe it might have been for Uncle Paul. Uh, And God heard, and he saw that fast. 
and the sacrifice someone willing to stand in the gap and make up the hedge for another life. And I absolutely believe that God lifted what could have been judgment on that man's life to give more time for his mercy to do the work in that person's life. Amen. Give God praise in this house. The sixth fast that we find is a fast for healing. I know there's other things that go along with this, but uh, the healing part is what I want to bring out. In Isaiah 58, Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 9. Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 9. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry. And he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness. This portion of scripture says that your health will spring forth speedily. Wow, how awesome is that? Fasting can usher in God's healing. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. We just need to get out of his way and let God be God and his supernatural power work. Amen? We must decrease that he might increase. And this last biblical fast is the dominion fast. It's a 40-day fast. The dominion fast, the 40-day fast. Fasting makes you tough in the spirit. Fasting makes the inner man rise up and say, Devil, who do you think you are to mess with my family? Or put fear in my mind. Or inflict my body. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. By fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus got back dominion. He returned in the power of the Spirit. You can read about that in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I want us to look at a verse of Scripture found in Ezra. Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21. Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Hava, that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from Him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. I believe that there are three powerful reasons indicated here in this verse of Scripture for fasting. One is to seek of God the right way for us. To seek of God the right way for us. God will reveal to you the right way. He'll help you at the transitions. The second thing is that you or we should fast for our little ones, our children. 
God said that you can raise up a foundation for many generations. Think about that. Parents, you got children in this place, take a look at them. Take a look at them. God's telling you to fast for them. That you can raise a foundation for many generations by fasting. Something begins to happen in the home of people that fast. The house of faith is built and extends from generation to generation to generation. Isn't God good? Wow. Wow. I want to tell you what. God is perfect, Brother Nick, in every way. He, he hasn't left us helpless and hopeless. God has given us everything that we need. As a matter of fact, God's given us more than enough. We are more than conquerors through Him that has loved us. Glory to God. The third thing we learn in Ezra 8 and 21 is that we should fast for substance. We should fast for substance. We fast to petition God about our substance, our resources, our finances. We affirm to God. Listen, we affirm to God that He is our source, that we are pleading for Him to bless us financially and materially. When we fast, are we seriously seeking God's face? Fasting disrupts business as usual. Is that what you're looking for? Reaching above the norm, amen, out of the status quo? Are we crying out to God? Yes, we are. To do something in us that He's never done before? Mm. Are we tired of business as usual? Then it's time for us to begin to get ready to fast. Over these next weeks leading up to January the 1st, I'm going to ask the praise team if they would to come and to get ready to lead us in worship. We're just going to chase God in this house. I want to just bring out about seven things for you to remember during your fast as you seek God as we begin this thing at midnight on New Year's Eve. Stephen Paul, he's been telling me, he's, Stephen Paul's kind of like a bear that's fixing to go into hibernation. He says, I've been, I've been eating a lot, Dad. He said, I'm, 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 Storing up fat reserves. I'm, I'm getting ready for this. Um, let, let me point out just seven things real quickly, and then we're just going to chase God. You can come to the altar. You can come to the front during our worship today. You can sit there at your pews. You can stand. You can shout, you can raise your hand if it's biblical, amen, we do it here. We, we even have them run sometimes, amen. This the Spirit of the Lord hits them like he hit Elijah that day and he just outran Ahab's chariot, amen. So, so just worship the Lord how he moves with you. Some people like to laugh, some people cry. Uh, but we just, we, we, we just want to be in hot pursuit of God this morning. We're, he's, he's got us in chase mode and we just want to abandon ourselves and just, just, just chase Him this morning. Just get up close and personal and, and, and be, let it begin this morning. Just seeking God. God may begin to give you direction concerning your fast, uh, today and, uh, and what He wants, uh, for your life and how He wants to move in it. And uh, at some point during this worship, we're going to have an opportunity to, to worship the Lord in tithe and in offering. 
And uh, church, we really need your financial help. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that, that, that can hold your finances back uh, is, is, is not being a biblical steward over what God is blessing you with. And, and God is very clear in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's his will for us to pay tithes. And tithe is a tent. It's a tent. All God asks for is a dime off every dollar you make. And, and, and we need to stay consistent with this. What we've got to do is we've got to trust God. I know that there's times where it really stretches our faith to be able to give when you got bills pressing in. I want to tell you what, I guarantee you, and this is not something I've read about, this is something I've experienced with my own life. God can do more with the 90% than I can do with 100%. So give that tenth to Him. And then purpose in your heart is to what He would have you to give in offering above that tenth. Um and call, call your harvest in. Call that word out. God says if you give, he'll give back to you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together and running over shall they give you. He says I'll open up the heavens and I'll, I'll pour out blessings upon you. You can't even receive it all. Give cheerfully. You give abundantly, you reap abundantly. You give sparingly, you reap sparingly. That's God's word. He says I'll rebuke the devourer. Devourer comes along to try to devour what God has blessed you with. God says, I rebuke you. But we've got to be faithful stewards. A lot of us struggle financially. It's because we're ignorant to the biblical principles of stewardship and giving. God wants to bless us, but God can't not go against His Word. See, we can't separate God and His Word. You can't put God over here His Word. God and His Word is one. They can't be separated. It's impossible for God to lie. So get in God's Word and study the biblical principles concerning stewardship. Begin. If you're not a tither, begin to pay your tithes. Be obedient to God and watch Him bless. Watch Him bless. Seven things to remember. The first thing is to establish a place and time to pray. Prayer is critical during the fast to break through and hear what God is saying to you. So remember to establish a place and a time to pray. Because prayer is critical during the fast to break through and to hear what God is saying to you. I want to tell you something. I need you. I need you. As senior pastor, as lead pastor, I need you. And I want you just to look around real quickly. You may be a visitor here this morning. But I want to tell you what. We're all one. God doesn't have two or three bodies. He's got one body. And Jesus Christ is the head. And one body member can't say to the other body member, I don't need you. I can't look at my little finger and say, I don't need you. I was to lose that little finger, I'd realize how dependent I am upon it. I need you. I need you to take this fast serious. I need you to take the words that God is speaking into your life serious this morning. I need you. We need each other. We need each other. I believe that God is up to something. Rich, real, and powerful. And I believe that we're on the very point that And God has been speaking that to us. Secondly, remember to get God's direction on the type of fast you will do. A, a full fast. 
or a partial fast like we find in Daniel. A full fast or a partial fast. The third thing, remember, closeness to the Lord is your goal. Don't let the legal aspects of fasting and worldly things crowd this goal out. This season of sacrifice will also be a season of warfare. And you will need to be at your best. Fourth, remember to enjoy the many spiritual rewards of fasting. Remember to enjoy the many spiritual rewards of fasting. Fifth, remember to have your favorite worship music available and spend time worshiping often. There's power in praise. Sixth, remember to have accountability partners. Get somebody and, 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 and stay accountable during this time. That, that you talk and that you share and, and, and you go over maybe what you're journaling. Inspire and encourage one another. I said we need each other. I need you. And last, remember, if the fast doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. I'll say it again. If fasting doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. Without being combined with prayer and the Word, fasting is little more than dieting. Fasting itself is a continual prayer before God. There may be days when the heavens open and your heart is prompted into deep, deep, deep times of prayer. But there may be those days to, where your energy is just sapped. And you can't seem to focus at all. Don't condemn yourself. God absolutely sees your sacrifice. Above all, remember, He will be the greatest reward. Stephen 